Sell season is almost over, which means the liquidation and natural closing of positions between August and now is almost over. I can't tell you exactly when it ends, but I can tell you this. When it's over, there will be a gap between sell season and buy season where the market may not know what to do. And we could be entering that gap now. Good afternoon. It's 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm Vince Lancey, and this is the Arcadia Economics Silver Fix. We'll be going over three things today that are relevant to silver, as well as current events coming out of the Middle East. And we will be doing what's basically a risk management war room. So why don't we get started on that? So here we have our silver chart. We're going to talk about silver from a tactical perspective, where we are now, assuming there was no war or assuming there was no problem. And then we'll get into the the uh, the regional regional behavior and how silver historically has behaved during these times. And then we will get into uh, uh, what's different now and why that is better for precious metals and silver, especially actually, uh, and uh, uh, but worse, you know, for humanity at the same time. So why don't we start that? Here's your market. Silver's higher. Only five cents. The market is pulling back. Everything is pulling back. The dollar was stronger. Gold was stronger. Silver was stronger. Oil was stronger. These are all your safe haven type of moves. And as a result, as the market mellows out and doesn't see a catastrophe, all these markets are going to pull back a little bit. You should see stocks rally as well, which you have seen some stocks rally. So let's get into is it a problem or is it not a problem? And it's a problem. It's a big problem, short term as well as long term. Why don't we start with? I'll leave the I'll leave that chart up there, not the chart. I'll leave the prices up there. How's that? All right, so here we go. Silver tactical. Again, we're not talking about the Middle East yet. Last week was a tremendous week for bulls. Uh, now it doesn't look it uh, if you look at how the market moved. Let me pull that back up again here. Uh, we had five uh, disastrous days. This is that Friday, right? Right. The market dropped. Well, this is this is the silver. It's not futures silver. So the market dropped, and then you had this move on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, right? So you had the beginning. The first two thirds of the week were a disaster, and the last day of the week was a very big relief. We're going to tell you how to interpret that. Okay. Last week was the week that you wanted to see before market bottoms. You want to see the market coming off as it did after that long wick day, that failed rally day, that manipulated feeling day. What happens after events like that typically is you will have the market sell off a little bit, and then you'll have uh, CTAs and short players get in. Now, Normally, this time of year, uh, there are bigger players that are actually buying this dip, but they weren't, and so the market really sold off. And the result now is you have a roach motel. Uh, the silver shorts, I want to pull this up here. Look at how big this is. If you can see down here, not only is this, not only is this a big number for silver shorts, the green goes all the way down here to the bottom of the rectangle, which is even further than down here, number one. 
Number two, it's steep. It got to that level rather quickly. And if it gets to that level rather quickly, it tells you something. It tells you this is hot money. And hot money that piles in like that, you know, lemmings off a cliff, uh, wildebeest, you know, around the corner, when a lion chasing them, they tend to chase each other out the other way. And that's what we started to see on Friday. So tactically, what happened on Friday was a prediction of what's going to happen during buy season. Now, we're still in sell season. Remember last year? Last year, this happened a lot. Between September and October, you had two or three little short squeezes there. And they were a company with physical demand. Now, I don't see the physical demand yet, but you still have the same behavior susceptible to the same problems. So the silver CTA shorts in general, so to summarize this for you, the silver CTA shorts are rocket fuel for this market. Sell season is almost over, which means the liquidation and natural closing of positions between August and now is almost over. I can't tell you exactly when it ends, but I can tell you this. When it's over, there will be a gap between sell season and buy season where the market may not know what to do. And we could be entering that gap now. Once that gap is over in terms of time and new buy orders come in, you will see the buy season trigger the short-tempered, uh, short-walleted, short-side players on the CTA side. And the rest of those will cover. And then you will have more follow-through from fresh buyers coming into the market. So we don't have that right now. You don't have money coming in allocated. So what am I saying here? Bottom line is the silver market may have seen its exhaustion. It may be done for the next four months. Now, before, you know, I want it to be done for the next four months. Okay. But between now and Thanksgiving, anything can happen. Between now and October 31st, I would not be surprised if the market did drift lower or go sideways, that whole that whole intermediate area, that whole doorway. So we're in the ante room, we're in the doorway to buy season. And these little short covering rallies, you know, they're powerful, but they don't follow through. And we've had those last year and they didn't follow through as well last year. To wrap this up, to tie this to the uh, to the behavior that we're seeing right now, this rally is a short covering rally in silver. It is not people getting along. Do not think people are getting bullish silver. It's shorts that are covering, okay? To the extent that they cover, that's how fearful they are. Well, silver doesn't benefit in the first round of a Middle East uncertainty situation. It doesn't rally as much because gold is money uh, for central bankers, whereas uh, silver is money for everyone else. All right, so that's it. So, silver Tactical, you are... You should feel confident that we are ending buy, ending sell season. We are in the ante room to buy season and that there is a good chance, I'd say a 50% chance that we have seen the low for the next four months. Now you say 50%, that's not much. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. 50%, I'm telling you, there's a 50% chance that we will not go lower than Fridays or Wednesdays or Thursdays low for the next four months. That's a pretty bullish statement. So look at it that way. Second part, the Israel-Hamas region. I want to go through this quickly. This is from experience and from education. I think it's going to become helpful for you people. 
uh, you people, right? Uh, silver people, uh, as we start to see more headlines come out, short term and long term, short term. Historically, when there is a war in the Middle East, two things matter. The first thing is what region it's in, and that's related to oil production. You know, if there's oil there or not. And the second is who's fighting it. If it's one country, it's riskier than if it's another country. Traditionally, a war, a con I'm going to call this a war. That's what this is, right? So here's Israel. Here's the players that matter. Israel, Iran, and this area here. You don't care about that area. I'm not saying nothing's going to happen. I'm saying you don't care about that area in terms of in terms of uh, uh, global unrest. Care about it in terms of lives lost, though. Okay, so you have an incursion. You have the uh, you have Hamas comes into Israel and forces never before seen. Okay, is that bullish or bearish for oil? Historically, it's nothing for oil because of who's playing. Israel's playing. Israel keeps a lid on things. Number one. Number two, where it is. This is not the oil. This is the oil. Now, of course, there's infrastructure over here. There's refineries in here. But this is traditionally not a big thing for oil. You'll get a rally, you get a short covering rally, and the market will get smacked down. Gold will rally, it'll get smacked down. Silver will rally a little bit, it'll get smacked down, lead the way lower, and then gold follows it. That's what happens. When there's a Middle East conflict, that is not in the oil patch area, that's not as bullish for commodities. It's not as bullish for unrest. Second, if Israel is involved, it's traditionally not as bullish for commodities because they are trusted to take care of it. How does this work? Whenever Israel is involved in a Middle East conflict, we usually give them about a 48-hour window. It's kind of like, I'm going to give you a two-day head start before I do something. And that's because, number one, Israel's not going to tell us what they're going to do anyway, because they're protecting their sovereign existence. So they're going to do what needs to be done. And the second reason is um, we do trust them to be the first policemen in the region. So if they're being attacked or the attack has to do with their area, whether it be Lebanon or Syria or what have you, uh, we're going to put our people there but do nothing. They get a two-day head start, right? So, and then we step in if it need be. It's kind of like a hockey fight, whatever's going on. However, if it travels across land from Iran to Israel, well, you know, then you have, or let's say from Iran to Iraq, from Iran to Israel, then you have multi-national uh, issues. But I'm just saying to you that in the past, this is a no, uh, a nothing burger, even though it's huge. If you look back at history, the conflict that Israel had with Lebanon for so long, oil went down during that. I mean, it went up, but it went down afterwards. I mean, it just like it doesn't matter because there's not oil there. It's bad for the Middle East, but the world was comfortable with the U.S. being here. The U.S. took care of this and Israel took care of that. That's really how it works. But there's something different now. Oh, one other thing. Whenever there's a problem in the Middle East, historically, there's a communication between the U.S. and Saudi Arabians. The hotlines get picked up, right? And the, the U.S. calls the Saudis and says, we're on our way. We'll be there. They're already there, but they'll say it again. 
And the Saudis say, if you need oil pumped to keep a lid on prices, we will do that. Now, why do they do that? They do that because if the price of oil doesn't go up, then the world relaxes, right? So if you show that there's liquidity in the price of oil and the price of oil doesn't go up much, then the rest of the world relaxes and they can take care of the problem. That's how it works. There's a quid pro quo there. It is the arms for oil deal in a microcosm. If there's unrest in the Middle East, we send ships there, they pump oil. If you don't, if you need some precedent for this, Iraqi War One and Iraqi War Two. Uh, Iraqi War Two, especially, uh, the market went up seven dollars, twenty nine dollars, and then came in limit down because the uh, the uh, Saudis just pressed the button and started pumping oil. So that's the past. The present is not like the past. You're going to see people say this shouldn't last long. It shouldn't be a big deal. It shouldn't matter for oil. They're wrong. And if it's if it matters for oil, it matters for gold. If it matters for gold, it matters for silver. Why are they wrong? Because we're in a multipolar world now. They're not linking that connection yet, but I'm going to make it for you. This is going to be the first time you hear this. In a multipolar world, several things happen. Geopolitically, the U.S. and the Saudi Arabians don't have a quick phone call. I mean, they do have a call, but it's not the kind of call. U.S. says we're going to send ships there, but we're going to stay out of it. Saudi Arabians say we're going to pump oil, but only if it already goes up. We're not pumping oil before it goes up. Now, there there is some suspicion that some oil was thrown into the market before this happened. Um, because of the, 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 uh, the hammering the oil got last week. Uh, I'm not sure that works, but, but uh, uh, it's very possible. But what I want you to say is you're going to see the Saudis say things like, I'm going to, we're going to pump oil if the price gets high enough, implicitly, right? And you're going to see the U.S. say, we're here to help if you need us. That's the first thing. The Saudi uh, uh, U.S. dyad is broken, right? That's the first thing, right? They'll pump oil, but they want to be paid for it now. That's the first thing. Second thing is... And this is this is important for precious metals. Second thing is, when there's a flight to safety event in the Middle East, you buy gold, you buy bonds, you buy U.S. bonds, buy dollars, and you buy silver in that order, right? Okay. I'm sorry, in this order, in this order. Dollars, bonds, gold, silver, that order, okay? And then as things backed off and calmed down, Gold would come off, silver would come off, and the dollar and bonds would remain firm because people would put their money into those things. That's when everyone was on the same page. That's when we had a unipolar world. We don't now. So if all these countries, not all of them, most of these countries are long United States treasuries and they're long dollars, are they going to go out and buy more dollars given the unrest between the United States and the rest of the world, the BRICS and the G7? No, no. They need a diverse portfolio of safe havens you're going to see more gold be bought you're going to see more silver be bought you're going to see these metals just disappear off the market they're going into hoarding stage they're going into hiding this stuff is going away what's happening today and here's why i'm saying that historically when the dollar goes up 40 gold goes up 10 Historically, when the dollar goes up 80, 
gold goes up 20. Today we had this morning, Sunday morning, I should say, uh, Sunday, Monday morning, we had the dollar up 40 and gold up 20. And I went, that's gold being too strong. It's attracting money away from the dollar for safe haven status. And I said, let me look at silver. Silver was also outperforming what it should be doing in the initial move of a Middle East crisis. So was it up 30 cents? That's, you know, it's up more than that, I think. Let me see. What was it, 40 cents, I think. Anyway, but, you know, silver was outperforming. And I say that's especially interesting because at the time, silver had already rallied meaningfully on Friday, so shorts covered. What am I getting on here? I'm getting on that the world is different now. And because U.S. and Saudi Arabia communications are different, traditional safe havens are changing. People are going to be buying more precious metals. Multipolar world, diversified safe havens, etc. So let me give you a little something to uh, uh, to look at if you if you start talking to your family about this. All right, so here we are. Israel, Gaza Strip, invasion. Here's what you want to listen for. The news starts mentioning the Strait of Hormuz, then you start to see big problems. Why? Because most of the oil that comes out of the Middle East comes out of the Persian Gulf, right? Comes out from Kuwait, comes out from Iraq, comes out from Iran, comes out from Qatar, comes out from the UAE, and it all filters through here. Now, this strait here, this narrow strait, it's shallower water. There's a little bit of an island there on the Iranian side. They have guns and they have gunships nearby. And this is where there's a problem. If there's ever going to be a problem that's easiest to start, you start it here. All you have to do is sink one ship in this area here. And it's like you've closed a um, a uh, canal. Okay? So historically, the U.S. is out here. They're out here. And we've got cruise missiles, we've got guns, we've got planes ready to go. We're watching every ship that comes out. And if something gets in this area and we see a problem, we see something developing, we're on it. We own that turf. That's our turf, believe it or not. Militaristically, Iran may talk tough, but that little spot there, the most important spot in the Middle East for exporting oil, we own that. Until last year. Now you've got Iran has pretty decent drones. You've got decentralized warfare and you've got the U.S. not as happy with Saudi Arabia and vice versa. And so maybe we don't own that area anymore. So if we hear the Strait of Hormuz mentioned, you want to be careful and you want to mention that and you want to check on silver. That's it. Look, there's not as much investable. That's the key word. There's not as much investable above ground silver and gold in the world anymore. It's being hoarded. It's being taken off the market. That's going to continue. I believe, to summarize, I believe we're near the end of sell season. I believe buy season is about to start. We could be at the very bottom, the end of the sell-off over sell season and at the beginning of a very nice holiday, uh, actually, uh, Canadian Thanksgiving, right? Happy Thanksgiving, Canadians, um, and Columbus Day. Uh, 
let's move forward and we're going to see a rally and we're going to be very happy with this i think and here's why we were down here last sell season guys and we're here that's a definite trend higher if this is where we bottom before the next leg higher once you get past this death zone of 25 26 30 bucks isn't a problem and then we see what happens have a great day on vince well, thank you, Vince, as always, for this week's update. Great to get his insight as we move away from sell season, getting closer to buy season in the metals, and appreciate everything that he pointed out there, as well as giving his insight into what is going on with the situation in Israel. Certainly tragic news that happened over the weekend, anytime that there is a loss of life, and sending prayers to everyone in the area and just hoping that people are okay. One note I would like to pass along, obviously, a lot of you know that Rafi, who does our Friday show, lives in Israel, and fortunately he is away from the area where there's conflict and doing well. So keep Rafi in our prayers as well. And before we wrap up, just wanted to let you know that this week's Miles Franklin special is new Morgan Silver Rounds for only $2.09 over spot. So if you are in the market for silver, that is a deal where silver is on special this week. You can find out more by emailing Arcadia at milesfranklin.com if you'd like to take advantage of the special or just have questions about any of the things that we are discussing on the show. Always happy to interact with people there. And with that said, going to wrap up for today, but hope you found this one helpful and we will see you again tomorrow. <laughs>